Heading out for a night on the town and don't want to drive, or you're out late and been drinking, well, problem solved. Download the Fair app. Fair is the new premier rideshare company in the city of Austin. With the exit of Uber and Lyft, Fair has come in and filled the void, providing safe, inexpensive, quick rides to everyone. Use code FPATX for 10% off your rides. Once again, that's Fair, F A R E, and use code FPATX for 10% off your rides. Stay safe, and as always, stay fresh. Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, ladies and gentlemen. You are now back with another episode of Fresh Prince ATX Live. As always, I am your ever so handsome host, Fresh. And uh, let's get into a quick recap of last week. Ooh, ooh. Recap of last week. Last week was episode 12, and I sat down and I interviewed Austin rapper Jay Soldier. It was a great interview, real real professional-like, man. Um, I talked with him about, you know, his debut album, debut studio album, Oxygen, that's now out there on iTunes. Also, talked with him about, you know, how he felt about the Austin rap scene and what he felt it needed to, like, really get it over that, to that next level over that hump and really be recognized nationally, say, like, the scene out in Dallas or Houston or anywhere else in the country. But, um, yeah, like I said, that was a fun interview, man, so... I uh, wish he, he might be back on the show again, man. Um, this week I got a, another great guest, but I'll get into that in a minute. I'm going to run down some quick, quick current events that's going on within the city of Austin and based in the state of Texas. So first up, um, forgive me, forgive me, excuse me. First up we have um, um, Texas Representative Duana Dukes will be resigning January 10th. 2017 she's resigning because of medical issues from a car crash she subdued in the year 20 2013 um she's already under investigation for uh using her time off her her time off from the legislature in 2015 for personal reasons is what they're saying she missed most of the 2015 legislative session um, a lot of people are saying she's really conspiring to push her resignation all the way through January 10th because here in the state of Texas, um, you can once once you serve part of January, you it counts as a a full year serve. So you know they push her to make an extra three thousand plus dollars for her retirement benefits, and she'll end up making overall making well over seventy four thousand dollars a year during her ter- during her retirement which is a huge bump up from her 41000 she makes as a sitting Texas legislator. Um, Duana Duke's been in, in, the, in, the state, in the state Congress for oh, 20 years. It's re- I think she, you know, she stayed there due to, you know, political ties and just 
constituents believing in her and continuously continuously voting for her. She has great loyalty from her constituents. I don't think any other politician in the state of Texas or in the country could ask for better loyalty from their constituents. But yeah, she's going to step down in 2010. Her Republican, um, what's the word, adversary, Gabriel Neela is calling for her to resign immediately instead of having her resign in January. Then we have to have a special election here in Texas, which is going to estimate to cost taxpayers up to two two hundred thousand uh, dollars. I kind of agree with the with, with Neela. Like, retire. Don't don't put the state through that. Don't put through taxpayers through paying an extra two hundred thousand dollars to find your replacement when you can just retire now. You'll still get a very significant bump up from your in retirement pay than you do for having to actually sit on the seat. So, like, I just think it's kind of selfish of the Wanna Dukes, and I really admire the Wanna Dukes. She's a fellow John H. Reagan alumni, as I am myself, but I just think that's kind of selfish that you you doing it. And I don't know if she really was using, you know, her time off from the legislation days from the legislative session to uh, for personal days. It said that she was having her her assistants do her personal errands, like pick up her her daughter from school. I don't know if she was really doing that. And it, it, to me, that doesn't really. I don't really care, but. Uh, you missed most of the 2015 legislative session. Like you got personal, you got medical issues. Let it be medical issues. Just go ahead and go ahead and and resign now, instead of trying to resign and get more money. Because that's really what it is looking like. It's boiling down to you trying to just get more money out of the system. And like, come on, come on, come on, Miss Dukes, come on, Miss Dukes. That ain't cool. That's not cool. Stop that. Uh, moving on, a ex Austin school worker and. His wife are sentenced for a human smuggling scheme, human trafficking scheme. Um, a former district worker, uh, let me get his name, Julian Perez and his wife, San Juan Valdez Manshaka, are sentenced to six years and three years in a federal penitentiary for smuggling, for conspiring to smuggle more than 500 immigrants into the United States. Um, so they have to pay like all this insane amount of money, like a hundred and, uh, 1.7, million million to compensate for the criminal proceedings obtained by the case. So basically they got to pay the mil- over a million dollars for them even taking this to trial. Each one of them have to pay $5,000 and they seize over a hundred thousand dollars in cash from the two, from the couple. And seven, like over 71,000 from 10 bank accounts they had between them. They were conspiring let's say conspiring like let's really get to that like they really didn't smuggle anybody any illegal immigrants over from mexico they really was just planning it out so they got caught for just planning it out and they had all the money and i and i guess the receipts or whatever or somebody just snitched on them but yeah they got seven uh julian perez got seven you got the seven years in the feds and then you have his wife, San Juan, who got the three years in the feds. And when they both get out, they're going to have to be on um, three years of supervised um, observation. So, yeah, I mean, basically they're going to be on parole. And, you know, people gonna, they're going to have to check in. And people are going to have to come see and make sure they're not doing nothing that they're not supposed to be doing. Which is real sad because I think they really were more so doing it trying to, for, one, for the, the monetary gain. And, two, probably really trying to give people over there in Mexico a better life. Because they were bringing them 
uh, picking them up from Laredo and then bringing them to the Austin area, and then they reach final destinations like Alabama, Kentucky, North Carolina, Virginia, and a few other states. So, um, I mean, human trafficking is a big deal. With even if you're just conspiring and taking the money, it's 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 a huge deal. The federal government really isn't playing with that. So, um, once again, moving on, a lawsuit is being brought against Williamson County commissioners, uh, commissioners court, I should say, um, for asking illegal questions about gay marriage, religious beliefs, um, church membership, uh, questions that you're really not supposed to, and, uh, abortion, abortion was, was one, of course, because it's Texas, so that's always a huge one, um, so, like, yeah, um, so this guy, Robert Lloyd, brought up this lawsuit against um, federal, no, 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 not the federal judge, not the federal judge, but a Williamson County Commissioner's Court Judge Dan Gaddis, County Judge Dan Gaddis, for asking these illegal questions about church membership, personal religious beliefs, how they felt about abortion, gay marriage. Um, I'm just going to go out on a limb on here and say that they were doing it because it's Williamson County, and Williamson County is pretty underseedy and do underhanded, does underhanded things. Uh, I know they, they were under investigation or still are under investigation by the FBI for some of their law enforcement practices here. And it's very well known that here in Central Texas, Williamson County is not very kind to the minorities. So I can believe that they were asking those questions to whoever, to Mr. Robert Lloyd and other candidates, supposedly, who were applying for a um, deputy position, a constable's position, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, a constable's position within William County, Williamson County Sheriff's Office. So I'm, they probably were asking them to really see what their stance were to see how they would police certain people. As I said, Williamson County is not is known to, to not be so nice toward the minorities, the gays. You know, um, they frown down on those. It's a very conservative county. They frown down upon those who believe in abortions. Um, they they consider themselves very holy, very Christian. But eh, that's another topic for another episode. So, uh, yeah, man, that that's, that's being brought to them. Um, the guy got paid like almost four hundred thousand dollars in the lawsuit. So. Uh, Wilson County, man, y'all just got to do better, yo. Like, y'all really, really got to get with the times, man. Y'all got to stop that foolishness, man. So, last topic. Um, a former Austin cop who resigned after a shooting, an officer-involved shooting, won't face charges. So, this police officer, officer, let me get the name real quick. Matthew Michelson was involved into in a shooting back in the summer, I believe it was. I wanted to say it was in May. Yeah, it was in, in in May, in March, in March, and he fired at a man with a shotgun three times. A one William man who sustained a shoulder injury who recovered from that, and this officer went to a grand jury on the 16th of September, and it took the grand jury six hours to deliberate whether they were going to press charges or not press charges, have charges brought up against Officer Matthews, and then they did not bring up the charges. They chose not to bring up the charges to Officer Matthews. And after that, on the exact same day, he resigned from the police force. Now, excuse me, I don't know, that's just sound like a little iffy to me, man. You know what I'm just saying? But it, it, it really goes along with this narrative that 
these police officers are shooting people well, for whatever the case, but they're, 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 they're firing their firearms and they aren't res- really basically see- receiving any consequence. They, it's like they seemingly have no consequences for firing off their firearm for whatever their case may be. Now, um, I'm not sure if Mr. William Mann had a gun or was posing an immediate threat to Officer Matthews, but, like, you fired at him three times with a shotgun and you hit him in the shoulder, and then the grand jury looks at all this evidence and hear testimony from five eyewitnesses, and then they decide not to they decide not to uh, go through with a full-blown trial and charges against you. Man, I, like I said, it just goes with the narrative that these police officers – in this day and age, are not facing any consequence, any real consequences, because a grand jury isn't trial. That's the jury that decides if we're going to take this to trial, and they decide not to take it to trial. And then he seemingly got away scot free, and then he just say, you know what? Hey, man, get this. I'm just going. Re- I'm just going to quit. I'm going to resign, put in my notice, and I'm done being an officer. And so I'm just going to live my life how I want to live it, since I'm not going to get caught or, or go down for it. So, although. Mr. William Mann was arrested and charged with aggravated assault and uh, evading arrest. So, yeah. I mean, maybe maybe Officer Matthews. Yeah. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm calling this man Officer Matthews. Whoa, 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 whoa. Officer Matthew Michelson. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Officer Michelson, Michelson, Michelson. That's for every time that I said Matthews. But Officer Michelson life really may have been in danger and he really may have felt threatened an immediate threat to his life so he fired i'm not saying i wasn't there we haven't seen any video at least i haven't seen the video i i really don't recall this um this incident happening but man here's his life really may have been in danger i don't know if it was or if it wasn't but i you know the, it just really seems like officers aren't really receiving any consequent real consequences for their actions and it's kind of just like like i said it's just kind of going and continuing the narrative that you know these officers are really basically doing what they want to do out here to civilians so um something has to change apd you guys personally speaking just for the austin police department since i'm from austin you guys have to do better i'm sorry you guys have to do better training psych evaluations something y'all do a whole trainings and Think of whole new ways to better, what's the word I'm looking for, better, better, encounter dogs. If a dog is running at you and whether to shoot or not to shoot and when to shoot a dog. But you can't do that with human beings. You can't think of trainings or new policies to go along with whether to use excessive force against a human being. So, Austin Police Department, APD, Police Chief Art Acevedo, y'all have to do better. And that's just my personal opinion. I just have to do better, but um, yeah, those are the those are the current event topics, the news topics, man. Like I did, I, I did the ran on the recap, the news for you all, and now it's time to get into the interview. But before we get into the interview, we're gonna take a quick break. But before we take that break, I'm gonna let y'all know who we got in the building. We got once again another rapper here in the city of Austin, from the city of Austin, Junior, or cap, you know, Jr. Capital Jr. You know. Um, he just released a project, Ralph Jr. So, uh, we sit down and I talk with him about all of that, um, how it feels to release this project, the motivation behind this project. He had a release party, um, 
last weekend that I unfortunately missed because I was out of town taking care of some other business. Anyway, um, but yeah, he did. Yeah, he had that, and we talked about how it felt to really have that and really seeming like he has the city behind him. And I also got his thoughts on the Austin rap scene, hip hop scene, whatever it may have you. And I just got his, his thoughts on rap. Period. Um, the game, Meek Mill beef or whatever you want to call that mess of a shit show and um mumble rappers and you know real conscious and and bar slinging rapper like i we had a real conversation about rap man about hip hop like this was a fun interview um he has a show tonight because when you all hear this it'll be friday the 30th opening up for trey he speaks about that on the show Man, let everybody know, and the information will also be in is also in the uh, description of the show. So y'all go out, y'all show some support, y'all make sure y'all hit him up, get a copy of that rap Junior. It's dope. I listened to it. He came and brought me a free CD, so I appreciate that. So shouts out to Junior. And like I said, man, before we get into the interview, we're gonna take this quick break, this quick commercial break, and we're gonna get right back to the interview with Junior, man. Peace. It's just different. There's a revolution. Tune in to the Revolution Digital Group, a digital platform where you can get ebooks, podcasts, video content, and much more. Get books from authors such as International O. Also, tune in to podcasts such as Giving Game Podcast, Critical Hustle, 615 Worldwide, Drink Partners, Those Damn Comic Book Guys, Fresh Prince of ATX, and Fuck Your Opinion Podcast. Go to rdgpod.com. The revolution. Welcome everybody. Welcome everybody. Uh, I'm back once again. I'm here with my special guest. I'm gonna give him a chance to go ahead and introduce himself and let everybody know who he is and what it is that he does. So, go ahead and introduce yourself, man. Oh, it's your man Jr. Man, Junior spoke with a capital Jr. I'm here rocking with Fresh Prince, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Y'all heard of Junior's in the building, and I got Junior here at a special time. I like to think a special time. Very special. He just released his newest project, Ralph Jr., man. So let's talk about Ralph Jr. Why the title Ralph Jr.? So with all of the projects that we do, we try to build the music around like a character, like the same way if you would read a book or if you would watch a movie, Mm -hmm. it would be about a character. And so we try to build the music around the character. The last project we did a character named Martin McFly Jr. And so we built the music around here. This character, it's a little bit more fictional. It's a little bit more tied between a fiction and non-fictional character. We did it around Ralph Lauren, right, the right. owner of you know the iconic brand, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. And so we we built music around like the concepts and ideas of you know his lifespan and things that he went through and things like that. And then we just kind of put a character in the middle of it. So you would more so say this project is a conceptual, conceptual project. Concept, concept album. It has concept records, but here's why I have a problem with saying the thing as a whole is a concept. So with Martin McFly Jr., every single record tied back to the character of Martin McFly. Right. On this one, it's like certain records do, but as a whole, it's not as conceptual. Okay. So I would say there are records on there that you can hear it. Like you hear me verbatim, openly talking about like certain things with Ralph Lauren that I like I connect with there's a record on there called logo on it you'll hear me talk about like his rise to where he is in the fashion world a lot of people didn't believe in him at first and so like there are records where it's a little bit more intentional than other records mm-hmm. but for the most part it's not conceptual as a whole right 
Yeah. So, with being, with, uh, let me make sure I, I phrase this right. Okay. With all of the the success you have garnered thus far in mm-hmm. your in your rap career and being here in the city right. of Austin, well, how do you, how do you feel about the scene in general in itself? Uh, at this point in time, I've never been happier with the scene. Um, I feel like we're we, we're showing our promise right now. We're showing our potential, whether that be individuals or as in teams and units around the city. Right, right. Uh, I feel like right now everybody is understanding that like it's really time to tuck away the corny stuff. And that was a problem we had. I think, and I don't even want to make it sound like because I to be honest with you. Long before rappers, my like rappers right now who are functional, and I'll say around my age, there were guys before us. So I can't really speak on like how the scene looked when they were there because I was young, you know. Right. But since I started, I felt like a problem we had is that because we have such the homie mentality here, we're hesitant to like box out the corny stuff in fear of like offending your homie or in fear of like stepping on people's toes because it was such like a family knit type thing. But now that like other things are coming into play, we have more podcasts, we have more radio stations, we have you know little urban magazines that are popping up, we have publications, we have actual entities in the city recognizing hip hop. Now we're able to say, okay, look, it's time to tuck away the corny stuff. If you're not really out here doing it the quality way, if you're cutting corners, if you're not trying to really do it, then come back. Go get your shit right and come back. And I feel like that's why right now it's like the best time right now to be an Austin hip hop artist. So you feel like for the most part, the city kind of, the scene has kind of stepped back, reevaluated and checked itself and said, okay, hold up. We was doing it this way before, wasn't really working. People wasn't really feeling it, wasn't really vibing with it. Now we back, we're a little older, we're a little growner. We can do it this way. We got our shit straight and we can move forward. Right, and not even in, not even just like age, like, timing like because there's some young cats right now that's firing on all cylinders you know what i'm saying i gotta shout out kenny g and i gotta shout out uh yg um young flame g flame i'm sorry not yg g flame right now like those right, right, two, yeah. those two cats they might be what 1920 but they firing out here with with full grown like with full-blown campaigns you know what i mean and i feel it and it's not another thing too that we had as a city we thought it was okay just to be digital and we forgot about that physical presence for right. a little while. Mm-hmm. And I feel like people are getting back to like, yo, we gotta have we gotta have release parties. We gotta have pop-up shops. We gotta have physical stuff. We gotta hand people, you know what I'm saying? Like I bought you a CD today. Right, right. It's I not, appreciate it. It's not just online. Like we we really gotta get back to that digital uh, that physical presence as well, you know. And I hate I missed the release party for oh, Ralph Jr. Man. But how was that? Like, how how was the whole atmosphere doing? I know you did it at Complete Culture. Shout out to everybody Shout over there. Complete, Complete Culture. Complete culture. Shout uh, out. How, how was that to feel like that? You know, to, like you said, to get back to that, throw a release party, have people come out, show love, and, and all that. Because I saw your videos on uh, Facebook with it. So, like, just speak on how that was. It was. For you. It was honestly like everything I wanted for like the culmination of the project. It was everything I wanted, man. We had uh, we had put in a lot of work for that, and um, we had a host from one hundred two point three. Shout out Val Santos. She came through, and she was just so gracious. She would, she facilitated everything. Um, 
I actually contacted like the actual marketing division of Wingstop for this region. It's in San Antonio. And I pretty much gave them like my whole spiel as an artist and asked them about like sponsoring the event. And they provided wings for the event. We had champagne, man. Like it was just something I felt like it reminded me like what we're capable of as a unit. And not just when I say a unit, I don't just mean me or 7A. I mean like the city because to be honest, complete culture. Val Santos, the clothing brands that came out, like they're not really affiliated with Seven Eight, but they're affiliated with quality product from the city. Right, right. So it reminded me, like, yo, your city is your city's got dope stuff that y'all could put together. It's just got to be quality. So let's speak about Seven Eight. Okay. What? Because I've been wanting for a while. I've been wanting since you first made the announcement about it. I wanted to ask you exactly what Seven Eight was. So. Go ahead and, and speak on that and educate the people who are unfamiliar. The word I like to use for 7-8 is it's a brand. We do everything from uh, from promotions to ticket sales. We do, we, of course, you know, artists, period. Like if like if you have a if you have a vision or you have something that you want to uh, attain as a goal, as an artist, you can come to us and we can talk about how maybe we can use our resources we have to put that together for you. Um, it's I really feel like it's a brand. We're gonna venture more into clothing and like online presence within the next year. But uh, right now, the word I just like is it's a brand. And it, of course, the name of the brand is 787 Family. So it's a family. Everybody involved genuinely cares about whatever they're doing whether they're editing video whether they're you know moving tickets like even right now we're moving tickets for the trade show we got like a team of about eight to nine people eight to ten people right now north south east west if you need a ticket and you tell me which corner of the city you in i'll try to link that together for you so like it just it encompasses a lot depending on what we're focusing on at the time but it's just a brand right now okay okay yeah. i got you i got you so you you are an original Austinite, like you born and raised. Man. Born and raised here. I'm so glad you brought that up. Yes, I was born <laughs> at Seton Southwest, man. Stasny Lane, Southside. All right, all right. Yeah, we, we unicorns. I like I like to call us yes. unicorns because like, yes. and everybody always look at me like, well, why do you say that? Because I was like, man, just like a unicorn, you nobody ever really sees a, nobody has ever seen a unicorn as a mythical creature. Mm -hmm. To be born and raised and originally from the city is becoming a, Close to none, close yeah, to like non-existent. Yeah. And I think whenever I'm meeting they, people and they ask me like, so you know, where are you from? I'm like, I'm, I'm from here, I'm born and raised. And I'm like, oh wow. Yeah. And then they'll say like something that's so shocking that they never have met anybody since they've been here that originally is from the city. And I was like, well, yeah, I've been here my entire life. It's crazy, right? Yeah, it, it really is. Cause I was, I think I met some, a couple and they was like, we've been here two, you know, three, four months. You know, you're the first person that we met that's, that's from, from here. here. And I was oh. like, been here four months and you ain't never met anybody. Dang, like, that's like crazy. wow. The city is growing. Yeah, in the, at a very rapid rate. The city is growing. So what do you, how do you feel about the city growing at the rate that it's growing? I mean, let's do it. Why not? We, I, I want to say right now, like the metropolitan area is sitting at like 1.2 million people. So like Austin yeah, yeah. and surrounding areas. So we over a mil now, like if we include the metropolitan areas. So why not? Like, let's do it. The more people here, that's great for me, for what I do. You know what I'm saying? I'm an artist. I need fresh faces every day. Right, right, so right. So that's great for me. Um, I know you can feel it. I don't know how you be moving around, but I can feel it in the traffic and stuff. Like, man, it's oh. just, it's it's crazy, man. We're north. We're we're pretty north right now. And even getting here at like, you know what I'm saying? At, at this hour in the day, I ran into some traffic. Yeah, so. I mean, look, luckily for me, I work, I also work in North Austin. Okay. Right. So I work right off of Lamar. And so... I, it probably takes me maybe it probably takes me maybe uh, like fifteen minutes to get to work. Okay. 
So maybe that, maybe on a good day. On a good day, okay. So, but like uh, going to see my grandmother who stays clear across town, yeah. like way out toward Del Valley, uh-huh. or going to see other people, or just going to do other things like trying to get downtown or trying to go to a movie theater. If I'm like, if I'm going to Alamo Draft House, right? Just trying to get there is sometimes can be a hassle, right? So, yeah, you got to plan it, man. Right? Yeah, <laughs> you, you got to plan, plan it. What time you gonna leave? Exactly. Like, nah, I gotta. I, I want to be. The movie started like, man. The movie started like eight. I got. I got to get up out of here. Yeah. Real quick, man. I'm not mm-hmm. trying to run in no traffic, so. Like I, I definitely feel it. Uh, I'm not 100% opposed to the growth. I love the growth. I love the city that the city is growing and everybody is moving here and sees the great things about the city that I always knew about the city growing up here. My whole thing has always been kind of displacement of people. Mm-hmm. With the growth, some people have kind of been moved out or pushed out of mm-hmm. their home that they've been in X amount of years. And mm-hmm. that's my issue, my whole issue with the growth of the city. Yeah. And I think uh, I think even before the growth, like it was kind of like, it was kind of an unspoken rule of like where you're supposed to be depending, right. on who, depending on who you are. And so when more people come in, it, it's, it's, it goes without saying that certain people are going to be moved. I honestly, and I, it hurts to say this because I'm a thinker. I, I know I'm, I know you are too. Like, I try to sit back and think of like real solutions for that problem, and I can't think of any. Like, eventually, dollar is going to decide everything. Yeah, you yeah. know. And if you don't have that coin, if you don't have that, if you don't have that that real estate, if you don't have those resources, like you're gonna have to find somewhere else. You know. And I, I hate to say that. I say that with I say that with like disdain because I don't like to say that. But you gotta be real with yourself. Like yeah, you I mean, can't like you can't you, live in a pipe dream. You like know? you said, it's a it's sad to say, but that's the reality. Yeah, for I mean, sure. even myself, I found myself contemplating like, man, I may be moving to Kyle. Oh, okay. Like, in the next year, like, okay. it, like rent getting like it's getting, getting too crazy. It's getting too. It's costing too much to stay here, and yeah. I was like, man, I, I'm moving to Kyle. Yeah. If I have to, if, like, if, if push comes to shove, if that's where I gotta go, then that's where I gotta go. If yeah. I gotta be in San Marcos, then that's where I might have to be. If yeah. I can't afford to stay here anymore, but like you said, that's just the reality, and I think at times you just have to face the reality of certain situations. For sure. So. All right, let's see where we're going to go with this next, man. So, with putting out Ralph Jr., mm-hmm. what is, like, your next plan afterwards, or what is your plan for this? Okay, so, with this one, we took a different approach than the last one. With Martin McFly, we just put it out, and then we let the people decide, like, what was going to get videos, what was going to do, what, what was going to have legs on it. Right. We took the reverse approach with this. With this, we decided the singles. So, like, throughout this year, throughout 16, we put out, like, four singles, did videos to most of them. And then um, in gaining that traction, we built relationships, and not just in the city, in other cities, in Dallas, in Houston, in San Antonio. And so now that this is out, it's time to take the legs to those relationships that we built. We have people that want us to perform in other cities now, which is a blessing to say because I remember when I had to send out a thousand email blasts just to right. maybe get one back. I remember that. That's still very fresh to me. So for me to be able to have somebody that knows my name and my face as an artist say, hey, I'm having this event out here in Dallas or I'm having this event out in Houston. I just saw you drop the EP. I want you to bring your EP. We'll give you a merch table. You could perform. Will split whatever you know what I'm saying, and yeah, yeah, and to yeah. be able to arrange it like 
that's a real blessing, and we're going to take advantage of that. So um, I don't know if you notice, if you look at the back of Ralph Jr., there's a barcode on there. Yeah, I see, We got I see. stores that literally are like, yo, we'll put this in stores. It's, it's in a couple stores here in Austin, but we got stores in other places that are like, yo, if you got the UPC on it, We'll put it in the store. He out here moving, people. Moving, man. He out here moving the moving, units, people. Moving, moving. That's what's up, man. Um, I'm always proud to see somebody like yourself do it, and like do it, and like you said, to a quality in a quality fashion. Yeah. So next, I have to say, and correct me if I'm wrong, or if you would get offended, let me know. Okay. Because that's not my intention, but of course, from what I've seen from you. Personally and online, mm-hmm. the times that I have interacted with you, you don't necessarily move like the quintessential rapper. What do you mean? Or like, like now, like like here, you came and did the interview. You came by yourself. Oh, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. Oh, you I, mean the extra stuff? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, I don't have an issue with it. I'm just right. Saying, it's, 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 it's not normal. Of, it's not normal. And yeah. I was on time, right? Yeah. And you, <laughs> and you were. And you were. A lot of people. A lot of people. They they come late. Yeah. Or, They'll let me know they're gonna be late, but but they'll still come late, right. or they come with a lot of people, right. or you know they come with the cameras mm-hmm. and all of this. Yeah. Like, like I said, I don't have an issue with it. It's just different. It's just different. Yeah. And like whenever I've seen you out, like if I seen you out at a show, me and you chopped it up. It's always been a real humble talk from mm-hmm. you, and you know you never you never been the the rah rah never never been the rah rah type guy that I've seen. Yeah. Now I'm sure if push come to shove, if somebody disrespects you. You yeah. do what you got to do. For sure. But, like, you just never came off like that, quote, unquote, quintessential yeah. rapper type guy. I like that. That's very that's a very good thing to hear, man. That's I a mean, very good thing to hear. I observe. I, that's yeah. I'm people watching. That's what I yeah, do. Yeah, yeah. I think that there's a lot of value in that. There has been times when it backfired, like being atypical as an artist has backfired for me, for sure. Like There have been times when people straight up told me, like, Yo, you don't seem confident in yourself because I'm not, like you said, I'm not rah rahing all right. day. Or, man, like, you don't post your music enough because I'm not spamming you. You know what I'm saying? Or, or something like that. Like, I, it, it, there have been times when it, it it's come back to me. But for the most part, I just feel like you part of your brand is to let your clientele rah-rah for you. Right, right. It goes way further when somebody who has the EP posts the EP and says, yo, this shit is special. As opposed to me saying, oh, my shit is special. Like, it's a difference. You know what I mean? So I try to let the clientele do that for us. I try right, to right. let the people who are knowledgeable of the work we put in speak for it. I know I'm going to put the work in regardless. That's going to happen. But I don't like to speak about it a lot. I will occasionally. But I don't like to speak about it a lot. I don't like to rah-rah a lot. I, I got guys, you know what I'm saying? And sometimes I will be out with the crew. But for the most part, I'm just moving around. You know what I'm saying? I'm I'm a reserve and I'm watching, and you know if if anybody notices that, I appreciate that. I really do. I like I said, man. I'm a, I'm an observer. I'm a people watcher. So it's just something that I've noticed that I feel like I had to say. Yeah. Cause yeah. like you know, I I sat and I watched a lot of a lot of artists. Mm-hmm. You know, I met, chopped it up with, seen them perform, mm-hmm. talked to them, interviewed them, mm-hmm. and I just had to say that you just don't. To me, that kind of stands out. Yeah. That if you don't yeah. do everything that I'm used to seeing, that kind of sticks out to me in my mind. They're mm-hmm. like, yo, this this dude is, 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 is different. A lot of people say that they're different, but, you know, in this fashion, this dude is different, and I like that. I like. I don't really like the guys that do all the talking. Like you said, yeah. let the 
let the output talk for you. Yes. Let the content and the material and everything and the work ethic mm-hmm. speak for you. Let that be your let that be your your bragging, your boasting. Exactly, man. So, um, let's get into rap, man. Hell yeah. Rap lately has kind of been, uh, I guess from my perspective, exciting. Hell yeah. With uh, you know, you had Drake and Meek last I summer. Agree, I agree with that. And then um, now you got now you got Meek and Game. Man. And you can't stay away. I, I, <laughs> I guess so, man. Um, and I tell a lot of people, I mean, this is the this is this is the hip hop I grew up on. Right. This is the hip hop that I like. That, right. Like, you say somebody's name. And then they coming yeah, back at and they you. They coming back at you. And they coming back at you with bars, and they coming back at you harder mm-hmm. than you came at them, and then you coming back harder. This is what, this is the hip hop. Hip hop I grew up yeah. on, and the hip hop that I enjoy. How do you feel about it? I like it when it stays in rap. The game yeah, and Meek. The game and Meek situation seems a little more uh, away from rap because he's accusing him of like being an informant or whatever. Yeah, it looked like it could steer. Yeah, so away like from it rap. could. Yeah. And um, I don't know if y'all remember, but it was a minute ago where somebody like shot at Rick Ross. Yeah, I remember like, that. Shot, shot through shot his car, car and he yeah, like yeah, drove yeah. into an apartment. Mm-hmm. That kind of stuff, I'm like, yo, chill out, because that's how we end up with Biggie and Pac. But when it's when it's about like when it, okay, perfect example when it's like Meek saying I'm better than Drake because I write my bars. Right. That kind of shit about the craft, I'm like, I rock with that because keep keep. Keep it a hundred, you know what I'm saying? Like keep keep hip hop, hip hop. Right, right. We, we ain't come in the game with writers, nigga. You was the writer, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? And so that I love, I enjoyed the hell out of that. Even though it didn't turn out well for me. Well, actually, you know what? Side note, like if you look at it, a different perspective to take. Meek got a lot of attention with that. Yeah, he did. It's a lot of people that never heard of Meek Mill, and because Drake is like Drake is like multi genre now. Like he encompasses a lot of genres. Yeah, he transcended. Exactly. Exactly. So, beefing with him is not exactly a super bad thing. Win, lose, or draw. I mean, like, I heard that. I heard that same argument from me in an interview when they yeah. asked him about it. And he was like, "How did I lose when you know I was on a world tour? Yeah, and I did and this. My, and my I, kids speak French right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, I, I was that. like, I was like, I, I, I could see that perspective, but I guess from the outside looking in at everything, it's nah, man. You took the L. I but think he, I, res, I respect the point of view. Here's my thing. I think that for the first time, and correct me if I'm wrong, somebody pulled a chink in Drake's armor. Prior to that, like we, like they, they would call him sensitive. They would throw slick jabs at him, but nobody pulled a real credible chink in his armor. No, like a discredit to yeah, him artistically yeah. or anything like that. Yeah, I give you that one because I think when Meek said it, I think it kind of had everybody at first like scratching their head, like. Yo, why Meek jumping out the window? Like, right. you know, like what he like? Why are you really saying this? And and the song is on your album, so what's the big issue? That's <laughs> and then, but then when like they came with the reference tracks, and mm. you know they pulled those up reference quick, tracks yeah, fucked up a lot. Then they kind of got everybody like yeah. really, really scratching their head, like like yo, yeah. yo, wait, 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 was 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 Quentin Miller? Mm-hmm. How much did he write? Like, mm. what 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 did Quentin Miller really write? Like, side note, he, he won too. Yeah, Quentin, Quentin Miller. I'm sure he, them rates went up after this. Yeah, yeah. Um, but like, yeah, it really had it really had me scratching my head. Like, did he write? Did he write mm-hmm. the song? Like, what? And then it kind of started the conversation as what constitutes as helping and what constitutes as writing is writing. Are we saying that Quentin Miller just wrote the hook, or did he write a verse? Uh-huh. Or did he just give him a, give Drake an idea? I, Drake took the idea and ran with it. Uh-huh. Or did he just like tell Drake, like, "Nah, man, say it like this." Uh-huh. So it kind of started that conversation. So now when you hear somebody say, you know, so and so helped, so and so helped Jay write this, and then you kind of step back and like, ah. mm. 
did he write the hook or did he tell him like how to say something or did he just put the spark in his head and Jay took it from there? So it, it, I give you, yeah, I, I definitely see that Meek kind of pulled a real chink yeah. in Drake's arm because it kind of had, it kind of got everybody second guessing. Like, did he is he writing this verse? Is somebody helping him write this verse? And let me tell you something. I've been in the studio with rap, multiple rappers, and we'll all be doing our verses or we'll all be bouncing ideas around. And I'm gonna tell you, there's a real difference between, yo, my G, what if you did this instead? Submit the idea and let him decide, right? As opposed to making an entire record mm-hmm. and saying, "Here's how you do it." There's right. a huge difference. So the whole bouncing ideas around thing—that's just collaborative thinking. That's not, that's not anything to be. In, that, to me, that doesn't take the essence of the art me, away me. from the artist. But it's a little bit different when you got an entire record. Yeah, and I think that's what me put the thought process in everybody's head was Drake having people mm-hmm. write entire records or this yeah. dude just write a part of a song right, right, right. and he did the rest. So I, def- I, I definitely agree with that one. A, uh, a chink was put. It didn't really stop Drake. No, no. Just a chink. <laughs> just a chink. That's it. Yeah. You're not, you're not going to stop him right now. No, <laughs> nah, nah. not right now. Not right now. So uh, I was listening to another podcast. I think it was Combat Jack. Okay. Ed Lover was on there. Okay. And he said, when it's all said and done, Drake is going to be the biggest rapper ever mm-hmm. and he meant encompassing everything. everything and he was like jay jay did rap jay's the best right now jay did it to it to an extent that nobody else has done it at and you know he took he he took that and he did it with business wise and mm-hmm. you know he did all these things in business that nobody thought he was capable of doing or nobody saw him doing or nobody saw a rapper doing period mm-hmm. and then at level's whole argument is but drake drake is gonna come and do something that we've never seen before because people forget the kid started at acting mm-hmm. and the kid's an actor. Mm-hmm. So wait until the time where he starts jumping into movies and, and mm-hmm. entertainment and start being on television shows mm-hmm. and, and doing more hosts. Like I know he hosted the ESPYs. That's, which, that's which big I thought, for a rapper. Which I thought he did a pretty he did a pretty good job at hosting the ESPYs for a rapper. Yeah. And then, but I was like, you know what? Ed Lover might have a point. Because I was like, when you look at a guy like Will Smith, Will Smith started off as a rapper. But when Will Smith jumped into acting, mm-hmm. kind of was like game over. Mm-hmm. When LL Cool J started off as a rapper, and then he jumped off in acting, mm-hmm. kind of was like game over. His career yeah. kind of got like surpassed. And now yeah. LL Cool J don't rap, and you just, it's you a see, whole. You see him on it's, TV. It's generations of people that only know LL Cool J for being an actor, mm-hmm. or they only know Will Smith. For being an actor, they don't know that Will Smith had ever rapped. Right, right. And so I think, like, when it's all said and done, I think, yeah, Ed Lover might have a point. A guy like Drake could possibly be the biggest that there ever was. Uh-huh. I think the table is set for that because now with our whole metric system for how we consume music, bro, it's never been like this. Yes. Can you imagine if we had streaming services when Blueprint came out? Or if we had the, the way social media was when Black Album came out? Now you can see the connections and the dots when music comes out. You can right. see where it's hitting, where it's missing. You can literally calculate every every percentile of any category in, in your music. So with Drake being at his, you know, with Drake being at his prominence when this is happening, it's like, yo, it could very easily, and, it, and we'll be able to see it. It won't just be something we heard about a couple states over. Right, right. We'll be able to watch it happen. So... I, I, I could see that statement having some validity to it. I really could. Okay, so another topic. Since you, like I said, I got you in here, you rap. Hell yeah. 
I want to talk about rap and okay. what it is now. So it's quote unquote mumble rappers. <laughs> uh, it's something that's kind of I wanted to stay away from, like on, as far as social media goes. Uh-huh. When I see the post, I'd be like, nah, I'm not commenting. Uh-huh. But then I see them. And I just see like a sentence or a statement that's made, and I'm like, nah, I don't agree with that. Nah, I gotta say something. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So like, mumble rappers kind of get the the short end of the stick, and mm-hmm. they kind of get really real talked down on, mm-hmm. as opposed to the guys that's that's really lyrical. And I kind of feel that's a bit unjust mm-hmm. for those quote unquote mumble rappers. How do you right. feel about that state of hip hop? That that section of hip hop. Okay. So. On a fan level, love it. It has its lane. I I rock with the Uzis and the Kodaks and the. First of all, let's 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 attack it on a human level first. Right, right. These are young black men that have found their way out. Right. So if we can't do nothing else, we gotta applaud that. Right. They they came from some rough places. Yeah, man. And they found out how to get to a coin. So we can't even like if we gonna if if you can't appreciate shit about their music. If you can't appreciate shit about their persona, appreciate that. Right. Like, that right. happened. Totally it, agree. I exactly. totally agree. So then if we're going to take it the next step and talk about their artistry, here's how I feel about that. Um, Keep keep those guys in the correct perspective. For example, I'll hear guys, uh, I'll hear kids say, uh, and I, use the, I hate using the term kids to refer to their fans, but for the most part, it's younger people. Right. And so... I I hear kids say, "Oh, like Kodak is greater than Tupac," and I'm like, "Okay, like that's a good thing to say in spirit. That's a good thing, but how much how how much of your knowledge of of Tupac is going into that statement? Right? Like you can't you can't legitimately say that to yourself and believe it in a certain realm. You know, I remember one time I heard I was talking with a kid. This was back when Waka was killing everybody mm-hmm. and I was talking with this kid and he said Waka inspired Jay-Z and I thought to myself I was like yo hold up hold up hold up like Waka inspired Jay-Z so like it's it when when we get to that like delusion that level of delusion that's when I I kind of become disgusted with that yeah. but if we keep it in this lane it's beneficial everybody every everybody does something on Saturday night Everybody needs a soundtrack for their Friday night. Everybody, right, right. Need, yeah. So like, I rock with it to the extent that I can, but it's when we get to this level where we start saying these guys for what they're doing is like, like it it steps over the guys who are countlessly and effortless and tirelessly putting effort into their craft. Because let's be honest, what they're creating doesn't take a lot. Right. It does. Most of them get in there on drugs and they just it comes out like that. Mm-hmm. And so. To take that, to take away from the guy who's consciously putting records together, who's consciously, and when I say consciously, I don't just mean the subject content. I just mean like he's being intentional about his records. We got guys like Mick Jenkins that people really don't understand. Like Man. this, this guy. Y'all say hydrated. This guy, <laughs> this guy's concept game is crazy. But y'all want to listen to Chief Keith, which is fine. Listen to what you like, but don't for one second confuse what he does with what he does. Right. You know what I'm saying? Like don't for once. I know they're from the same zip code. I know they or the same state, same city, whatever. But keep it in his lane. You know. I, excuse me. I definitely, definitely agree. I had this conversation with my older brother all the time because he like, man, I can't get with these these new these niggas. New, these, new, these new niggas. I can't get with these <laughs> don't new trust niggas. them new niggas. Yeah, yeah, I can't get with these new niggas. These niggas is whack, man. They don't be talking about nothing. But I was like, man, like you just said, 
keeping in the perspective that it's made <laughs> for, man. Yeah. And I, I tell everybody all the time, man, I love the strip club. Yeah, okay. I like going to the strip club. I enjoy going to the strip club. Mm-hmm. I like hearing the music in the strip club. And that's what I want to hear. Mm-hmm. I tell my brother, man, I don't want to go in the strip club and hear little brother. I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. Right. I don't. <laughs> that would be funny. <laughs> like, that's not what I want to hear. I don't want to walk in there and hear Can't Stop. Like, I don't yeah. want to hear that. Like, yeah. I want to hear Dro. I want right. to hear Young Thug. I want to hear all of I want to hear the little Uzis, the little Yachtis, right. the Futures. That's what I want to hear. Because mm-hmm. it's made, that's the arena that it's made for. Like mm-hmm. you said, Everybody do something on Friday night. Everybody needs a soundtrack for their weekend. Mm-hmm. My soundtrack just so happened to be Future and Two Chains mm-hmm. and and Lil Uzi and Yachty and all of that. Because right like I said, man, I, I we I, I got a friend in, out in Houston and he don't like it. He don't like it. He don't yeah, like the. He don't like yeah. the. He don't like none of them. And I always tell him, man, look, I don't know what songs you listening to or how you listening to them, but. When I'm drunk and I'm in the spot and mm. that and one of them songs come and digits come on. I love digits. By thug, I was like, that's the shit. Yeah. Man. That's my shit. Yeah. I was like, you can't tell me shit. That you can't tell me that, that nigga can't rap. Yeah. Not at that point in time. And I was not, like, not at that point. And nah. I was like, cause it's I was like, it's made for that moment. It's made for that arena and to keep it in that arena. And I just feel like once you take it out that arena and start trying to compare it to what LL was doing, I was like, that's two different things. Mm-hmm. That's two different things. I was like, LL wasn't making I mean, he had club bangers, but that's not what he was being known for or what he was doing. Right. Like, you can't put that on. Like you said, you can't say Walker influenced Jay-Z. Yeah. That's two totally different arenas. Exactly. Two totally different time periods. Deuce was thinking, Jay was thinking totally different in the 90s than Walker was thinking in the 2000 and 2010. Yeah. Like, so you got, I just feel like you got to really take the music for what it is. And I just feel like it don't cost you nothing to ignore it. No, nothing like, at all. Why, I don't see the, why the huge debate when you could just easily just say, man, I don't like it. I ain't rocking with it. I ain't listening to it. And then move on. Like what you like. Yeah, that's yeah. basically it, man. You ain't nobody forcing you to listen to Lil Uzi Vert. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. So, man, I mean, rap or uh, uh, hip hop is just something that's been so encompassing to the world. Mm-hmm. Not even just here in the United States, but it's this, epi- it's become this epidemic that, you know, has employed people who really don't like it or who really don't understand it. Mm-hmm. They just in it just to make a buck. And so much has come from hip hop. It's like the number one, I believe it's the number one genre right now at all music. It's the, mm-hmm. it, it top like rock and roll. I think pop is like right behind it. Like okay. it's like a close second, okay. but like, Hip hop has become this encompassing entity in the world that everybody wants to be a part of and everybody wants a piece of it. Mm-hmm. How do you feel about that as a kid coming from, I, I say Austin, in the, in, in the inner city mm-hmm. that, you know, where this is this genre of music is really, really for you to voice your opinion? How do you feel that the world now? wants a piece of it or the world now has a piece of it mm-hmm. i love it i mean any kind of any kind of awareness for the culture is an awareness for our race because i don't care what nobody say rap culture and black culture are synonymous most definitely i, I don't i don't care and people try to separate people try to say nah rap culture is multi-ethnic and things like that and that's like there is definitely it's definitely starting to uh pop up in other places but any awareness for the culture is an, for the rap culture is an awareness for us too. So I, I love that. 
Um, and that's as a person. As an artist, hell yeah. Like, I love when I pull up my SoundCloud or I, I pull up the, the iTunes metrics and, like, somebody in Italy or somebody, I think, where was it? One time somebody in Africa was listening. That's what's I, up, man. And I was just like, like, to think about, like, I've never, I've never even been to Africa. I need to go, but I've never been, but somebody there is, like, listening to it repeatedly. So, as an artist, like, that's, I feel like I'm winning with that. And then, um, so I think I think ubiquity for the culture is good, but the same way that other races hold down the roots of their exports, their cultural exports, mm-hmm. we have a responsibility as black people. And not not even like not I'm not even just talking about like the black executives. I'm talking about down to like people who do podcasts, right, people right. who do radio. We have a responsibility to hold the roots of our culture down as well. Everybody can partake, but we are we are the roots of it, you know? Right. And I, I feel like that's that's pretty much how it needs to be. Okay. Yeah. 100% agree. Hey, I'm, I'm, I like, we're I on the same page. I can't disagree with that. We're like, on the I same feel page. the exact same way. So, yeah. what's next for Junior? So, uh, in the near, in like, in the near future. So, we have the Trey show coming up on Friday, September 30th. I'm opening for Trey at Clearport. I've been trying to get into that venue for a minute, so I'm, I'm finna show naked ass, man. <laughs> I, I'm, if you're listening, I hope you're there. It's gonna be crazy. Um, after that, so, right now we have, the same way we did a release party here in Austin for Ralph Jr., mm-hmm. we wanna try to do one with the relationships that we built in other cities. We had somebody from Austin Radio come out and host it. We want people from Dallas, Houston, San Antonio radio to come host their events in their city. And we're trying to link those together right now. I think the first one that we're going to have completed, just based on like the way the progress is going with the events planning, I think the first one we're going to have completed is in Houston. Okay. So I think for like mid-October, we're going to try to do a Ralph Jr. release party in Houston. And we'll the same thing. We'll pull up with the CDs, the shirts, the hats, the merch. We'll bring somebody out from their radio to host it. We'll try to find like clothing brands or, or even if it's just lifestyle brands in that city to come out and we'll make pop-up shops for them. Because I feel like when you go to a city with the city already there, it's kind of like it's a little bit more inviting for you as opposed right, to like, right. yo, I'm just this cat from up the street trying to sell y'all some CDs. So that's the next plan. Um, we want to do shows. If, if you're listening to this and you're a promoter or a curator, please, by all means, don't hesitate to hit me. We're, we're taking show offers. We we don't pay to play, but we will put in the work to show our value. And that's one thing that I've been real particular with, with promoters and curators. It's like, you know, some of them hit me with a price tag up front, and I'm like, bro, I'm not paying you to perform. Right, right, right. But what I will do is if you got some tickets, if you got some passes, if you need, uh, if you need to see – my value as an artist, I'm willing to engage you on that end, but I'm not just gonna hand you a check to perform, G. Like that's that's understandable. That's not gonna happen. So that's just where we're at with that. And that's not to be cocky. That's that's just to say like that's how we move it. I know? mean, yeah, that's that's fair. I think yeah. that's a fair assessment yeah, to make sure. and say. I'm not too good to get out there and show you, man. Like right. I really am. I've had I, I had one promoter and this is just a tangent on this a little no, bit. Hey, but, man, we, like, we got like I said before, man, we got time. Yeah, yeah. We got time. I, I had one promoter, he approached me real gracious dude and he was just like I don't know if it's too much, but I was wondering if like maybe you could sell the tickets for the show, and I was like, "Gee, like that's what I want to do." Like, more, nine times out of ten, if you got tickets for something, it's official. Right. It be these cats who like don't have a venue locked down, and they trying, they still trying to decide their headliner, or they don't know what's going on, and that's the ones where I be, you know what I'm saying. But if you got a tickets for me, gee, I love that because 
these people who listen and these people who rock with the brand, they want to come out to stuff. And they know one of the things that we've been intentional about this year is not involving 7-8 in anything that's not quality. Right. So they know that if I tell them, yo, I got a ticket for you and I'm going to deliver it to you and the show is going to be worth you taking your Friday night, your Thursday night, your Saturday night. It's going to be worth you coming out there, parking, and seeing how we've been moving. Nine times out of ten, they're like, yo, bring me the ticket. Right, right. So it's it's at that point now where I'm like, okay, I can tell these promoters, yo, give me 30 tickets, give me 40 tickets, give me 50 tickets, whatever you got, give it to me. We're going to put the 7, 8 out on it, and we're going we gonna, to we gonna get those people to the venue and then move from there. Yeah, I, hey, man, do you, man. Hell, yeah. Grind hard, man, grind Hell hard. Yeah, man. So it sounds like 7, 8 is really moving like Scoremore was when – it first started. <clears throat> here's it first kind of came to life. Here, so here's from here's what and and keep in mind, seven eight has sold tickets for score more shows. Right. I've opened for two score more shows where we use seven eight to sell the tickets. So I I understand their business model a little bit more, but uh, a little bit. But here's what's different. I have yet to see score more, and until recently with Tory Lanes, I have yet to see score more take a stance with a. Uh, like being intentional with artists. Tory Lanez is the first artist, and really, to be honest with you, if I'm gonna be real honest, I don't feel like they're pushing him as a score more artist. Right. They're pushing him, like they have management entities within score more that will take care of certain artists, but I feel like they're not really trying to be intentional about artist branding. They're intentional about artist booking, and then some part of that is artist branding. But like taking an artist who, you know, I, I remember, uh, the, the the guy at Scoremore, Sasha, I remember the, the other day I heard him talk about he remembers doing shows with Tory Lanez where maybe 20 people came. That's artist branding. Mm-hmm. Taking him from there and seeing something in him at that point and saying, yo, we'll be able to fill up venues with this kid if we just... He just, he just need a little, a little branding. Right. So I feel like I'm the... Like right now, right now, I'm going to be intentional about artist branding with 7-8 from the jump. Like... And where it goes, God knows, you know, like, but if I see something special in the artist, I'm going to take the resources that I've been able to collect over my time of, 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 you know, working as an artist myself. And these are not, these are things that I've seen work for me. So I'm not going to be hesitant at all to say, yo, try this out. My G, you, you were, you were, you doing all this over there. Try this out. See how this works for you. This worked for me. These are good people to know. Yo, go run by Fresh Prince. Talk with him. He, he got, he got his ears to the city. The city got his ears to him. See what see see if you can collect some heads over there. Yo, run through complete culture. They'll hold your CD. They'll do a split with you. They 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 do good business. Run through there. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. See, talk with Darren. See what he got for you. Just you know, little things that I've been able to say like, yo, this is helpful as an artist. And then if you got that quality pack, if you got that, if you got the music, ain't no telling what happened when you put it all together, man. Right. There's right, no right, telling. So, right. uh, something else I want I've been wanting to ask you. Since I met, since I first met you, the whole BBC thing. Mm-hmm. Exactly what is or was BBC? So this was this was all of our friends. This was all of my friends when we were in high school. This was probably more towards the end of high school, like getting ready to leave. That was just our name for us as a collective. Okay, okay. We, uh, I'm gonna be very honest with you. Like as we grew up, we realized what that was. Like 
we can't do anything viable with that. We can't trademark BBC. We can't go get an LLC for BBC. We can't do anything with that. Those those things are already owned and operated. You know what I mean? Yeah. So we can't do anything with that. And so I like to think that a lot of the people that are involved with 787 used to be involved with BBC. BBC. And so um, it, once again, I was intentional in calling it the 787 family because BBC was a family. Before it was a before we before anybody was rapping, putting out shit, doing anything like that, it was a family. Right, right. Boys linked up, boys rode around, boys hooped together, boys had jobs, boys just trying to figure out life. You know what I'm saying? But we men now, so we gotta we gotta handle it like men. Most definitely. Um, before we get out of here, let everybody know where they can where they can find you at websites, social media, <clears throat> all of that, man. Everything online, whether that's SoundCloud, Twitter, Facebook. Uh, Instagram, I don't have a Snapchat, so if you see anything like that, that's not me. Um, at capital JR, so C A P I T A L J R, anything at all. YouTube channel, youtube.com slash capital JR, uh, facebook.com slash capital JR, everything is capital JR. Uh, I'm working on a website, I want to get capital JR.net as the domain name, I want to get that up and running. So if you see that pop up, that is us. You know what I'm saying? And we just out here, man. We out here. I'm uh looking forward to everything that y'all got coming. I'm definitely going to sit here and bump Ralph Jr. Oh, hell yeah, man. You got to tell me what you think. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and put it in the computer, mm-hmm. put it on the uh, on the amp through the Bluetooth, man. and I'm going to have that bumping, and I'll, I'll definitely let you know what I think about it, man. Mm-hmm. I enjoy uh, Martin McFly Jr. Oh, uh, yeah. So uh, I and real talk, like real talk, you and another blog called Diamonds and Wood, y'all was the first blogs that hit me on. Uh, we enjoy it, so we're gonna post it. Tip, not we enjoy it, and if you pay us, we'll post it. A lot of blogs hit me up about Martin McFly Jr. They're like, "Yo, we enjoy it. Uh, you should pay us to do a write up for it." And I'm like, "That's cool. I'm not mad at that. I understand it. if that's your business model. I understand it. I get it. But you." Uh, Fresh Prince ATX, I think it was .com at that time. Yeah. Yeah. So FPATX.com and another uh, blog called Diamonds and Wood. Y'all were the first two to hit me and say, yo, we rock with it and we're going to post it just off the muscle. And that means so much because sometimes a dollar can make your intentions unclear. Right. So anytime you ever need anything, Gene, I'm serious. I'm so serious. Anytime you ever need anything, holler at me for real. Appreciate that, man. I'll keep that in mind. Hell yeah. Well, um, that's us, ladies and gentlemen. That's FPATX Live here with Junior. As always, I'm fresh, and we're going to get out of here, man. Peace. Peace.